we got a really cool New Year song for the for the like you know how we had the Christmas intro. Are we really doing this again? I just thought that we could go like it's a new year or something. I don't know. There might be a cool rap song or something that a you could rap use. Song. I love rap. You, you know want that a rap song. But you know I love rap. I feel like we should just go back to our regular bulk standard royalty free intro. That's so boring though, G. Can't we be cool? We are cool. Roll it. Hello and welcome to the Pending Approval Podcast. We're a talk show highlighting the ups, the downs and the complete head fuck moments of the business world. I'm your host for the show, Glenda Wynyard. Producer G is here with us today, ready to kick off this week with a bang. Welcome back to the first episode for 2020. How are we all feeling? It's good. I'm good. It's been a while, G. But we're back for 2020, like you say, and we're better than ever, hopefully. Fingers crossed, toes crossed as well, everything down in between after the dance. Well, we had no technology issues this morning, fingers crossed. So I know. I'm excited. I'm happy. We're good. I know. And I hope everybody out there enjoyed their holiday period, had a great time with family and friends and, uh, you know, didn't get too merry and and have all the aftermath of that to uh, contend with. Um, This week we want to do a a little bit of a roundup of what happened to retail over the holiday period. Last time, pre-Christmas, we were here. There was a projection that retail sales would be up by 2.4% according to Roy Morgan. Well, that was always going to be a stretch given consumer confidence is way down this year compared to what we've seen previously. I really feel for the retailers. The official figures still have not been released, but there's been a major shift forward to November shopping with you know, Black Fridays and Cyber Mondays and all that kind of stuff that's happening. And I just think the impact on Christmas sales is significant. I look at discretionary expenditure that happens in a retail store, and I don't believe that that is going is happening to the same extent online. So it'll be fascinating when those retail figures finally come out. Um, but there is other uh, businesses that are suffering at the moment, uh, you know, I think you're going to really find some of that that's going to come through. We'll also talk through who's doing well in the retail space because there's been a lot of people that have uh, lost their shirts recently and what the new retail model looks like in the current climate, uh, you know, as I said before. So, you know, stay tuned for episode four. Hi guys, producer G here, popping in to remind you to follow the Media Precinct on Instagram and LinkedIn for any updates on the show. In conjunction with this podcast, we also have a thought piece coming out mid-March covering the ever-changing retail space and the change that we're seeing in purchasing patterns. These thought pieces are coming out quarterly now and if you haven't already seen our last one tomorrow today, get in touch with us and we can share our thoughts on the youth of today. It's a really rocky time for retailers at the moment. You know, I look at it and I think consumers have got it so easy now. They're always just one click away from having a new dress or their groceries delivered right to their door. And not a lot of traditional brick and mortar businesses have been able to make a successful transition into online, which takes its toll across key spending periods like Christmas. We really are seeing retail completely dominated by online at the moment. I had to do absolutely no shopping in store this year. Like I got everything online and delivered to the office. So do you believe that that stops you from doing discretionary expenditure? So when you're standing in line waiting to be, you know, to pay for your goods, often there's that last minute purchase or you might 
I mean, the other day I walked into a store to buy tea towels for the office and I ended up spending $200. Well, that's a bit much, but yes, I, know, I it do. It was totally opposite to what I was expecting. Yeah, I do think that um, I am spending less in those little like intimate purchase moments, but I am buying, if I'm buying gifts, I'll go on a website and buy one for them, one for me. You know what I mean? So rather than that discretionary spend, it's actually a thoughtful spend, I would call it. Mm. But you're not probably spending the same. I think my point is, is that it was just so easy for me to not leave my home this year more than ever. We had online giants like the Iconic providing deals on delivery, bump up their sales and even bring everything forward to nearly early November. And, you know, like you're saying, all of the sales do come forward to nearly November. So there was actually no competition for me and no reason why I would travel for what I need. Yeah. So we saw two years worth of growth in sales. Um, year on year in the month of November so that was really really interesting and I can't wait to see the official figures come out which I was hoping would be today yesterday or today well they should have come out already right I know but I think it's I think they're sort of sitting there going well perhaps it wasn't as good news as what they but were also how do we be. make the numbers look as good as what we tried to call them I don't know but I really do believe that that's probably you know something that's coming out that's you we're going to see look when I talk to people in retail they definitely definitely are feeling the pinch right now yeah well we're hearing a lot of our clients come to us and say that you know the December Christmas period timing wasn't what they expected it to be because you know that's kind of what props up retail every year that's what really holds them through to those June July mid-year sales as well so it's kind of hard on them and really tough at the moment to see a lot of retailers going through pain when it does come to that holiday period. Yeah look I had my parents here they uh, live in a very small town so there is no shopping centre. They wanted to go to Boxing Day sales and I thought, oh my God, I don't know if I could cope with this, but we got to the shopping mall. It was absolutely dead empty. We could get a car park on any floor, anywhere we absolutely wanted. Um, it was I've never seen the shopping, this particular shopping centre ever that empty. Well, that's unheard of. I know the particular shopping centre you're talking about and some Sundays I can't even get a park there. So for it to be that empty on Boxing Day, when they're supposed to be, you know, their biggest spending day of the year, it's insane. Yeah, no, it was insane. And the retailers I spoke to on that day that were, you know, obviously working, they were they were just absolutely flummoxed. They were just like, this is the quietest we've ever seen it. And in fact, it only got busy when people started arriving at lunchtime for food basically they didn't they weren't really shopping they might have ambled around but they weren't spending look I don't think it's a secret that retail really is struggling and that can be reflected in the numbers we've seen a bunch of closures come through that I've really been shaken by you're right it's been such a tough time for retailers look some of the latest ones we've heard of have been the likes of Bardot Harris Scarf even the likes of McWilliams Wines that was an Australian institution have closed down and gone into receivership I I find that really really sad look I look at the negative at the moment and I and I don't want to be negative but Commonwealth Bank of Australia puts out their purchasing managers index you've got slower manufacturing so the orders that are coming through for the Australian manufacturing uh, is as down so it's the second consecutive year and they're down seven points and that's really down to new order declines and that's an indication that retail's not pushing through at the other end like the outputs might rise over the next year or so but I I just look at what's happening and and the Employment Act 
uh, impact that it has and the knock-on effect from there. It's just um, quite disconcerting, really. And then we've got the service industry. That's down nine points. So they saw a small increase in January. But again, you know, manufacturing's not humming. Retail's not humming. Service industries aren't humming. Employment is down. So the level of underemployment is sitting at 8.7%. That means that there's 1.2 million Australians who are underemployed. Forget the unemployment figures. Add this to the top of that because they're not surviving. So, you know, if you've got 6% unemployment, then you've got your extra 8.7% of underemployment. Got nearly 15% of the population that can't survive at the moment. They're not, they're not actually making enough money to keep things going. So you're starting to see what the true rate of unemployment is looking like. So when you think about all these closures, G, you've got to actually look behind the scenes and see what's actually impacting retail. And it's actually just looking at what's going on in, in an average person's world. So G, when we start looking at all these retail closures, there's lots of reasons behind the scenes as to why it's happening. And I don't really believe that anybody sits there and takes a really good look at it well they probably do but this is my outtake on it anyway mm. but you've got business confidence that's really low at the moment it's an, at an all time 8 month low it's sitting at 104.5 according to Roy Morgan so that is incredibly incredibly low. It's crazy to see how all of these things add up and really make these figures I, I guess more humanising because you get to see the human experience behind Behind why retail is dropping and how this is kind of affecting people not only on a financial point of view but also from a kind of understanding you know like they are humans too and so there is all of the stuff happening in their lives and they're not willing to go out and spend that money anymore no they aren't and that, and that, that's the human truth I'm nervous I've got all the stuff that's going on. Forget, like, even forget the impact of the fires that we've seen and the drought that we've seen, and now we're, you know, we're experiencing flooding in Australia. So forget all of those natural cause impacts. You just got to think about the economic impacts to start off with, and it's a frightening times. If if you're a retail, it's a really frightening time. It is a frightening time, and not even being one of the most loved brands saves you anymore. You know, we've also seen Myers go down in the ASX. And I just, I don't really know about how I feel about it. What do you think is driving that decline? Well, you're seeing a significant shift from uh, boomers and Gen X now. So as boomers and Gen X are aging and, and, you know, less volumes of them, you're seeing millennials and centennials impact the shopping patterns. They happen to be more online. So you take a company like Temple and Webster versus Myers. So you start looking at the growth of profitable EBIT for Temple and Webster. You can see the significant shift that's moved from Myers declines across to organizations like Temple and Webster. I find Adair's a really interesting one because they've got a hybrid model. So they've got their bricks and mortar retail, but they also have an incredibly strong online model and they're shoppable. And so they've been quite successful because they're, they've got that online model as right as they've got their retail model. And I think that that's really going to help them long term. Have you tried to shop on Myers? It's awful. Yeah. It's absolutely dreadful. I was saying the other day, you, the user experience on the Maya website, if they could get that right, 
they could be humming along and it would be perfect. But I don't even know how to add something to my cart on the Myers website. Oh, it's, it's horrendous. And that's what I think Temple and Webster and the likes of Kogan or Adias have got right. They actually have that shopper experience. Well, they're digital downtown. first. I think that's the most important thing is that all these businesses, Adias is a really interesting one, like you're saying, because they were a brick and mortar store first and foremost, but now they're digital first, store second. And that in-person is always going to come second to them because the majority of their sales are always going to be from online. Absolutely. And as people become more confident, they understand about returns. You know, you're just going to see that pattern really coming through. Mm. Although I do wonder what's going to happen with these online stores and the coronavirus. You've got only 10% of the Chinese workforce that's been allowed back to work this week. Wow. And so what does that do for manufacturing? All our tech companies, you know, Apple in particular, they're a big organisation affected by China's inability to supply, for instance. Well, it is Apple and Samsung because they're produced within the same warehouse group. Absolutely. So what's actually going to happen to clothing, all that type of thing, if the workforce isn't back over the next month? And then you get the backlog, nothing's allowed off the wharves, so you've got the backlog of what's happening on the wharves, you know, it goes on and on and on. So I wonder if that's going to start bumping up the prices pretty quickly. We can only expect so, you know, whatever they can do to make the prices more expensive, I think they'll do. It's actually interesting because there really is a drive to a whole new retail model and we're more driven by price and delivery times than ever. It's funny because I look at my own daughters and I look at what arrives at the household all the time and it's cheap disposable clothing or footwear and like even some of the footwear isn't even that cheap. It's quite expensive but there's kind of, it's like a different attitude. It's not like there's an engagement with shopping. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's like fast you're not fashion. Got the experience. Fast fashion is a huge not only problem in terms of environmentally but also a problem in terms of people's spending habits because they want it right now and they can get it right now. And, you know, I'm an absolute sucker for a sale, but I always abandon my cart if I have to wait seven days plus for my delivery. So it seems like that's a huge piece of the puzzle for online brands. So in my opinion, more sustainable brands need to come back with a backlog of clothing that they can get out to their customers as quick as possible. But kind of teetering on that balance is really difficult for these brands because it's expensive to produce sustainable clothing. It's a lot harder to make it fashion forward because fashion trends come and go. So it's actually a really interesting time to be in fashion and in retail right now because everything is so quick. Everyone needs everything right now. Yeah, but if you want it right now, why don't you just go into a store? And just get it. Because I'm lazy. I can get it online. I can just sit at home in my PJs, in my bed, tap my finger and have three dresses delivered to me in 24 hours. I just don't get the mindset. Like, I really don't get the mindset. And I think this is a, a Gen X thing versus a millennial kind of scenario. Because my generation, we just go to the store and we buy what we want. Where your generation sits there going, well, I've got to wait 14 days to get X. It's like my experience with the Christmas gift. Here I am, the only gift I ordered online, and I had it didn't arrive till after Christmas. And I ordered it a month ahead of Christmas time. It was just the manufacturer they went. It just went off, you know, this particular product range, and and they weren't expecting the sales that they they were getting. And and so they like they kept everybody in the loop. You know, I think they did it really well, and they managed expectations exceptionally well, which I think you have to do if you're an online retailer. But 
I just sat there going, well, that's my one experience. I'm just going to go to the shops and buy what I want and get it when I want it. But don't you think that's a completely different audience that you're talking to? Like you're comparing apples and oranges. But we're shopping. We're all shopping. Yeah, we're all shopping, but that doesn't mean that we're all going to do it in the same way. No, I get that. I totally get that. But I just think that that's an exceptionally interesting uh, situation. And I do wonder, as millennials age, if they're going to keep that trend. It's like people think about, uh, you know, they're not watching TV or things like that. But as screens get smaller, you know, for instance, people like their catch-up TV, one of the biggest screens that people are watching catch-up TV on is still the big screen that's sitting in the in the living room. Well, if you've got a smart TV, it's just easy. Absolutely, but, but it's a bigger, it's a better quality experience. So as people age, they tend to go back into those kind of larger frame environments. And so I'm I'm wondering if people will start going shopping more or keep going shopping more because it is the number one pastime for Australians. Well, maybe we'll be out on our little Zoom buggies when we're all 70 out shopping but today I'm going to sit at home on my laptop and order my five dresses and have them delivered to me 12 hours later because it's one of the best things that you can do in this world how amazing is it that you can sit at home and be the laziest person that you know and have all these things delivered to you and go out the next day feeling fresh don't some of them deliver to you within three hours well that used to be the iconic but that's a point of contention right now is it why well they've just increased their prices what for delivery in three hours Mm. we'll see if you don't want to get off your butt and go up the road and buy it from the, the retailer there that's what you expect you've got to pay for that service everyone knows that convenience comes at a price it's just like when you buy diced chicken at the supermarket versus a whole chicken breast you know it's always gonna be more expensive because that effort and time was put into it and we understand that delivery fees are getting higher but like hide it a little bit you know i don't mind paying an extra two dollars as long as i don't see it in a delivery fee at the end <laughs> i think that's so sad i think it's just the way it is i wouldn't want to be a retailer right now no, no, neither I really I. We're very fussy consumers at the moment. Oh, dear. Well, it's that time again. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a really great week, and we'll be back again soon. Ciao.